Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Well, happy Sunday. Welcome back to a, uh, another episode of Nashville Vineyard Live. Uh, we're so thankful that you're joining us. We know people uh, from all over the world are tuning in, and uh, we don't take that lightly. We pray for you, uh, and so so bless you. Thank you for, for joining us today as we are working our way through the Ten Commandments. Uh, we're, we're basing this um, off of a, a passage in... Uh, in Isaiah, where uh, the Lord came and uh, we feel like spoke to our our prayer and intercessor team, and um, and and sort of gave us this passage, which then uh, was a springboard into this summer series, I guess, where the Lord has said it's time to get ready so that we can we can handle and withstand and steward uh, what He is getting ready to do uh, on the earth, which will be. A wonderful, uh, exciting thing, and uh, and so we we're talking about uh, over this summer uh, the principles, uh, the biblical principles of stewardship, giving, and loving, so that we can be prepared to uh, to be the church, to be the bride uh, that He wants us to be. And so we're saying that some of this seems foundational, it seems uh, basic, but we we really feel strongly that uh, that we need to do some work. On our foundations, we we need to we need to go back and and do some work on the things that that we've built our faith upon. And for some of us, this may be the first time we've actually thought seriously about uh, the Ten Commandments and and what they mean. And so, I just want to tell you, uh, with this, if you're just now tuning in for the first time, first of all, welcome. Thank you for joining us. But uh, if you are uh, if you, if, if you are, go back and watch uh, the last, uh, I think it's about five or six uh, videos, sermons, listen to them, however you consume uh, the media here, because it, it's all sort of building uh, upon one another. So I just wanted to, to have you do that, and I think, I think it'll serve you better uh, during this time. We're going to jump in. I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll see what the Lord is saying. To us today. So, Father, we do thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to, to turn to you, uh, to seek you uh, while you are, are able to be found. Thank you for the grace that you're giving us to lean into those things that, that are, are, are meant to build us up, those things that are meant to strengthen us so that we can stand uh, in the days ahead. Father, I ask that you send your Holy Spirit in a greater measure to fill us to the full, to overflow, to give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive what it is that you have for us today. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, we know that we can boldly approach you, Father, on the throne and ask these things. Amen. So I'm going to start again, just basically because we should memorize this. I'm going to start with Isaiah 55, uh, starting at verse 6 and going through uh, 
verse 9 uh, here, um, which is sort of the key, the crux of this passage. And it says this, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so this is sort of the one, the, the guiding passage for us in this moment. This is the word of the Lord for this hour. And, and it, it's three, three things. First, this is the moment, there, there's a grace on this moment where uh, the Lord is saying, seek him while he may be found. So, so we're giving this, we're, we're given this time of building, this time of being able to, to press in right now. And a lot of times when the Lord uh, is moving in, in power, when he's, when he's doing things on the earth, it, there's so much going on. Uh, we need a little bit of prep time uh, to, build, to build our foundations. And so this is a grace time that the Lord is saying to, to seek him while he may be found. And so we're doing that right now. We're pressing in. And uh, we talked about uh, the last time that the Lord's probably calling several of us uh, higher to, to higher purposes, higher things. Maybe maybe he's asking us to fast a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe he's asking us to lay down, um, you know, the Netflix for a little bit and, and, and put more time into his word. He's just calling us up. He's consecrating his church. He's consecrating his bride. He's setting them apart. Uh, this is what he wants to do in this hour and this day. And so then it says, for us to forsake our wicked ways. And so this is what we're doing. We're repenting of, of things. We're, we're, we're examining uh, the text and we're allowing the text to examine us, the word of God to examine us. And, and so we're, we're in a time of repentance. I'm in a time of repentance, as, you know, especially as what we're going to be talking about uh, today. And, and so we're, we're repenting. We're turning our, ourselves away from those things that we used to do. And we're moving towards the ways of God. And this is what he says next. It says that that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And so we're, we're coming into the understanding and the agreement that we may not know what's best for us. Culture may not know what's best for us. Society may not know what's best for us because his thoughts and his ways, the creator God who created us, are higher and better and, and richer and more complex, and they lead to our flourishing. This is this is the whole point. The Lord the Lord created us so that we can enjoy Him and enjoy one another. This this was why we were created. And so, when He gives us His ways, when He gives us His commands, and and He tells us His thoughts, it's ultimately to lead towards our flourishing, our betterment. And, and, and so we think we know what's right. We think we know uh, the best things for us. But uh, in reality, and what the Lord says is that you, you don't. You just don't naturally, accidentally live like God designed us to live because of sin, because of, because of the fall, because we, we, are, we were born into sin. We're born into a brokenness. And so we need redemption. We need salvation, which is freely given through Jesus and what he paid for on the cross and his death and his resurrection. And so now through the Holy Spirit's empowerment living inside of us, we can begin to fulfill and walk out his ways 
and his commands. The people uh, of Israel could never do it because the Holy Spirit wasn't inside of them, empowering them through grace to live a life that they were ultimately destined to live. And so we can because we're standing on this side of the cross. It's an exciting time. It's a good time. But his thoughts and his ways just aren't ours. And so we're remembering that as we're turning to uh, Exodus chapter 20, and we're looking at these Ten Commandments, which may seem outdated, they may seem archaic, they may seem uh, juvenile uh, or basic, but we're learning that they're so complex, they're so rich, and he's placed these commandments, just like he placed the trees in the garden, as, as sort of these uh, these barrier points, these these no-go zones for us in order so we can live a more rich, full, flourished, peaceful, ordained, purposeful life. That's the point of these commandments. Not that we can't do things, but that we will live a better way. It's, it's the same, um, you know, the same kind of a, of a concept as you know, there's, there's food that we would like to eat all the time. For me, that would be pizza. I would love to eat pizza all the time. It's just not the best idea for me. And, and uh, in order for me to experience flourishing, uh, I should abstain from that. I should not do that uh, and, I, and not give in to those things uh, so that I can be healthy and so that, you know, I can live longer and all of that, even though the pizza tastes so great and is just so enjoyable. I'm hungry now that we're talking about pizza. So it's the same idea. And these commandments are given to us so that we can live the way that we were designed to live. Uh, like a fish that is finally being put in the water for the first time and to be able to swim. It may seem constrictive that that the fish can't go out of the water and, and walk around on the land and, and flop around, but that wasn't what the fish was designed for. The fish was designed to swim. And just, just like that, so it is with us. We were designed with, with uh, these commandments as these boundary points to help us to flourish and to thrive. So we're going to read uh, now from Exodus uh, chapter 20, and we are in the uh, fourth commandment here says this, chapter 20, verse 8. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days... The Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And so today we're talking about the Sabbath. And that, that might be a strange word to you. Uh, you might think the Sabbath is a Sunday morning church service. Um, you might not think about Sabbath at all. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about what in the world uh, is a Sabbath? What, 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 is, what is it that we're supposed to do? What, what, what does he mean that we're supposed to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy and, and, and to, to do no work uh, and to rest? 
What, why are we supposed to do this? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that we're uh, an overworked and, and overstressed society. Uh, I think that it's, it's clear that, that the great crises of the 21st century is going to be a mental health crisis. We're, we're in a, a mental health pandemic right now uh, on top of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. We're, we're seeing record numbers of mental illness and suicide and depression, and we are a society that is in peril. And a lot of it is driven by this frenetic push towards all of these activities, all of these engagements, all of these um, these things that we find ourselves uh, trapped in. And, and we are suffering dearly uh, from this. We're suffering as our families are deteriorating from a lack of, of intentional connection time. We're suffering physically as our bodies are deteriorating from a lack of focus and rest, sleep and, uh, and, and nourishment and, and wellness. We're, we're suffering emotionally as, as depression and, and fear and anxiety and loneliness continues to creep. Uh, we're suffering all over the board and, and so much of it can be traced to this uh, continual push and craveness for more a continual push for, for more connection, for more engagement, for more buying, for more consuming, for more working, for more uh, getting our identities from what we do and what we accomplish. We are a accomplishment-based society. And we're suffering. And it's affecting us. And so this radical command comes to us today that was given thousands of years ago to the people of God. And it's coming to us as the people of God. And he's saying, I want you to remember the Sabbath day, the day of rest, of rest. And he says that, that we're to first remember it, to constantly keep it in our mind. Now, on six days, we, we have six whole days to do all of the things that we want to do. But on one day, on the seventh day, we, we are to rest. We are to take uh, time out and to rest. And then he gives the comparison that, that he too modeled this for us, just like most of the things we talk about in the creation narrative. Almost all of the scripture is summarized in Genesis 1 and 2. And so he takes us back here. And so we can see it. Genesis 2, uh, verse 2 through 3 says, And on the seventh day, God finished the work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. And so God blessed the seventh day, and he hallowed it. Hallowed it means sanctified it, set it apart, because on it God rested from all his work, which he had done in creation. And he's saying that if, if, if he can take time to rest, the God who created everything, what does it say when we feel that we can't? What does it say then that, that when we feel like we are to constantly find ourselves working and engaging and consuming? It talks about here too that, that it's not just on... It's not just a relaxation time. It, it's a time where, where all sort of productivity and work needs to, needs to stop. E even on things that you hire done, 
even on things that you pay other people for because you're taking their Sabbath from them. This is a complete shift in how we function as, as a people. And God is, is commanding us. He's not suggesting, but he's commanding us because he is wanting us to flourish, because he's wanting us to experience life and life to the full is what Jesus says. He wants, he wants us to experience life as he created us to experience. And so he has, he has designed a system in which we give ourselves a day of rest. And not just rest, but holy rest, hallowed rest, uh, intentional rest. And even saying that, that you should keep it holy means that it's, it's God-centered rest. It, it's a day where we, where we stop producing, we stop working, we stop creating, we stop subduing the earth, which is what he commanded us to do. So work is holy and it's good. But it's a day that we step away from that and we turn our attention in a holy rest on our creator. We, we remove ourselves from subduing the creation so that we can focus in rest and awe towards the creator. And he's, he's thought of it so important. Out of all the things that he could have told us and, and included in these 10 commands of how we're to live, he has put this right here in the center. We are to live like this, having one day set apart with God-focused and God-centered rest. Remember, he's talking to a people uh, that had spent hundreds of years in chattel slavery, being beaten to work day in and day out. And their worth was found in their work. The, the, the worth of the slave was found in the amount of work the slave could produce. Which is interesting when we think about it. How much of our worth is found in our work? How much of our worth is found in what we can produce? Well, I would say, you know, all of it. How much is our money being, being created and, and, and coming from what we work from? And, and what do we call it? What do we, what do we call it? Our net worth as a person is, is, is the difference between what we have and what we owe. And, and we say, this is what I'm worth. And so God has taken his people and he's rescued them out of that captivity, out of that slavery. And he's pulled them out of that and he's set them apart here. And he's coming to them from the mountain and he's saying to them, I look at you differently. Your worth does not come from your work. Your worth comes from you being sons and daughters of God, children of the Most High God. And so because of that, you have freedom to step away from your work. You will no longer have to be driven by your work. And this is a mind-boggling concept. It's a freeing concept. It's something that he's given to us as a gift so that we can actually understand, wait a minute, we're more than what we produce. We're more than what we contribute. We're more than what we make. We're more than what we earn. We're more than what we do. Our worth comes 
from our position. And our position is sons and daughters of God. We are his creation. We are his poema, is what the scriptures say. And therein is where we derive our worth and taking a step back from what we do and what we produce and what we, what we consume ourselves with allows us to remember, remember that our God is actually the creator. He's actually the sustainer. And in him and through him and by him, all things were, are made and held together. And, and, and anything that we do is, is a gracelet from God that, that allows us uh, to, to, to move and have our breath and have our being. And, 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 and everything that we can accomplish is, is actually because he's allowing it to happen. And, and so we step back one day a week and we set that rhythm and that liturgy aside to, 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 to step back in awe and in reverence. And, and it, it should ultimately lead to a position of worship to say, you, you've rescued me from that system, the system of mammon that drives us to work and to produce. And we are all currently slaves to that system even today. Even today. What do we call it when you get out of debt? You're free from debt. And I could sit here and list statistics, but you could Google them so much easier and realize the amount of debt that everyone is all in. And they're slaves to the debtor. What do we call it? We call it financial freedom. And so the system's set up, not just in America, this isn't a dig on capitalism or, or trying to go into socialism or none of that sort of thing. The whole system of the earth now is in control and is being controlled by by what the scriptures call mammon. And we've talked about that a couple years ago uh, in, in our Blessed Life series. And you can you can go back and find that in our archives. But, but essentially, there is this system that is in place that you have to do in order to receive. You have to do in order to receive. And so we're constantly driven. And I just picture just being just continually driven by these things that are on our back that are driving us to succeed. They're driving us to achieve. They're driving us to produce. They're driving us to consume. And he's coming, the Lord is coming here and he's saying, but not for my people. My people are free of that. And so instead of to, to do in order to receive, he says, you receive first and then you can do and he's flipped the system on its head in one fell swoop by this command to remember the sabbath and to keep it holy and if you were anything like me you were probably a workaholic i am i uh i am bad at resting i'm bad at being still Progress is my love language. Accomplishment is what drives me. Achieving is where I find my worth. And so I work an incredible amount of time. If you, if you stack up the hours in which I work and the hours in which I, I don't, the hours in which I work far outweigh those that I don't. And I'm, I'm continually wrestling uh, with... Uh, with that balance personally. And so as I've been studying this, I've just found myself under just 
a massive amount of conviction in, in seeing that I, I haven't kept the Sabbath holy. I haven't remembered it. I, I haven't abided by it. Maybe a couple times here and there a month, I'll, I'll try. But, but if I'm not careful, I will work and work and work and work and never stop until I hit some sort of a wall physically. And that's just unhealthy. It's unhealthy uh, in every way, but it's, it's unhealthy spiritually. Because what does it say? It says that I, I don't actually trust him to provide. I, I, I need myself to do that. I need to be the one that provides. I need to be the one that, that achieves it. And the Lord is continually speaking to me and, and disciplining me. I mean, just, just the other week, he was disciplining me about where, why, what is driving this? And, and where, is this, where is this coming from? And, and there's this undercurrent in me of anxiety, of having to achieve and having to produce and having to excel and having to be the best. And that, that undercurrent of anxiety is constantly there. And so anything that threatens my achievement, my production, um, you know, my, my standing, all of a sudden it exposes the wells of anxiety and they spring forth. And so as I was in that part of my life, uh, the Lord stepped in and interrupted it and said, what, what's going on here, Grant? What's causing this? And he spoke to me and, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. And he, and he spoke to me and he said, he said that you are my boy my son, but you don't believe that I'll take care of you. You believe you have to do it. And he said, I will take care of my boy. And it was this rush of peace and conviction and joy and, you know, humility and all of these things that just swept over me in that moment where I was just in extreme anxiety uh, that was caused by my drivenness to achieve and succeed. And, and he so graciously and kind, kindly stepped in and, and, and led me towards a place of repentance. And so I'm, I'm currently uh, in this command. I'm, I'm currently working through this in myself. And it's difficult. It's difficult to turn off the emails. It's difficult to turn off the text messages. It's difficult uh, to turn off the brain. And to, and to stop. And sometimes when we, when we stop all of a sudden now, because we live such frenetic lives, all, everything starts to pile in and on us and the, the big to-do list comes. And so I'm, I'm preaching to you today from a place of conviction and, and a place of where I am personally. This, this one has, has, has done a work in me and is, I'm not there yet. But this command is for me. It's for you. And it's for our freedom, it's for our flourishing. And so it goes on and, and he says it like this in, in Deuteronomy 5.15, there's, there's another uh, section where they, they summarize and uh, the, these commandments again in, in Deuteronomy 5.15, he says this, you shall remember that you were a servant in the land of Egypt and the Lord you God, your God brought you out thence with a mighty hand an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So there's a part of the Sabbath day that's, that's a recognition, just like I said about, I'm not that slave anymore. I'm not subject to the world's system of worth and work. 
I've been brought out by by God with an with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And so there's a part of, of Sabbathing that is the recognition. Sabbathing isn't just sleeping in all day and and drinking too much and letting yourself go and eating whatever you want. There is a holiness that that he, that he is asking us to to have uh, with a Sabbath. And this is why historically we've had a Sunday morning church service. Um, so that so that you could have this Sunday time set apart. It starts in the morning to to start the day and focus that uh, that attention on that day. And so then um, then if you grew up like me in the South, what you would do is you would go home and and you would eat a home cooked meal. You wouldn't go out to to a restaurant. Most of the restaurants were closed on Sunday when I was growing up, and uh, most of the stores were closed on Sunday, and there was no such thing as internet shopping or internet and. Uh, and you would go home and, and you would you would you would eat something that had been cooking all morning and it was it was the best meal of the week with beans and cornbread and, and, and fried chicken and and then you would take a nap or my parents would take a nap and then we had one rule and if I were to wake them up from their nap, I had to take a nap. I didn't want to take a nap. I wanted to play. And so my parents would rest and they would nap and, and we would play outside and, and we would uh, we would imagine and, and we would create and, and, and we would think and we would be and, and, the, and the sermon and the Sunday school lesson would be sort of in the back of our mind. And then we actually went to church in the evening as well because the whole day was focused and centered on God. And as culture has changed, we've, we've, we've lost that. We've lost the day that's focused. There's no such thing as being closed on Sundays unless it's a Kanye song or Chick-fil-A. There's no such thing as, 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 uh, as a day where we, can, we, we consecrate it, we set it apart. It, it's, it's everything takes every time, all the time. And, and you're, you're expected to send emails late at night and early in the morning and all the time. And there's a pressure from the world it's a weakness. I, I, I was in the corporate world for a very long time and it was a weakness to rest. It was a weakness to take time away. It was a weakness to not work and work and work. But that is the system of the world. And rest is a weapon. Rest is where strength comes from. Resting in the Lord is where we find ourselves positioned actually in order to, to far, out see, or far exceed any sort of uh, battle or, or problem that we're facing comes from a position and a heart of rest. I tell people all the time, never make a big decision from an anxious heart or place. Always walk and move from a place of peace because rest is a weapon. What it says is it says that I trust the Lord. I put my hope and my faith and my trust. And you can say that with your mouth, but if you're not saying that with how you work, if you're not saying that with how you live, if you're not saying that with how you make decisions, you don't believe it. You've taken his name in vain, like we talked about last week. And so the Sabbath is actually a key part. It's a weapon. It, 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 it is how we're to structure our rhythm of life so that we can outpace and succeed far, far above anything we, we ever thought or hoped or imagined is what the scriptures say. It's, a, it's an upside down way of thinking because his ways, they're just not our ways. And, and what happened is, is that we've made this um, a, a thing of rules. And, and so did the people at this time. 
and and, and it says this in uh, uh, it says this in Isaiah fifty eight thirteen through fourteen. It says, "If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and a holy day of the Lord, honorable. If you honor it." not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride upon the heights of earth. What is he saying here? He's saying you, you're supposed to find holy delight and enjoyment from this Sabbath. But the people took the Sabbath and they made it a rules-based religion. And the rabbis created all of these rules and and Jesus steps in and begins to combat this. And, and, and 1 John 5, 3 says the same thing that Isaiah 58, 13 says. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And then it says this, and I want you to remember this as we're going through these commandments, because we're getting ready to, to get into, so I'm really going to step on some toes uh, when we finish out this list. But I want you to understand, it says this, and his commandments are not burdensome. Remember, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. In Matthew 12, uh, verse 1, 1 through 12, Jesus is, is dialoguing. He's entering into these people who have uh, turned something that was supposed to be a holy delight, uh, a thing that of, of rest and of rejuvera- rejuvenation, of trust in God, um, of, of how we're to live and, and how our rhythm is. And, and, and they've, they've perverted it and they've changed it into all of these rules-based things. And you could only walk these amount of steps and you couldn't do this and you couldn't do this and you couldn't do this. And the Sabbath was just, it was more chains being placed upon them. And so Jesus steps into this picture here. You'll notice that, you know, when Jesus talks about something, he only addresses things that need to be corrected. So a lot of times people say, well, Jesus never said anything about whatever that is. And it's, yeah, it's because, right, the people didn't need correction on that. And so when Jesus speaks to something, it's because the people needed correction on it. So, so we have this time in, in Matthew 12, verses 1 through 12, and it says this. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck ears of grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they were the, the religious sect at the time, they said to him, Look, your disciples are, are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread for the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how the Sabbath, how on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. He was talking about himself. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is actually something that we're supposed to turn our hearts towards Jesus as the Lord of that day of the Sabbath. And, it's, and it continues and it goes on. It says, and he went on from there and entered their synagogue. And be, behold, there was a man who, with a withered hand. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And so they might accuse him. Imagine that, that, that they thought the Sabbath was, was such a, they, they had it so perverted that they thought you couldn't heal people on the Sabbath because that would be breaking the command. Imagine how twisted they had to be. Well, we, we are still those people. 
And he said to them, What man of you, if he has one sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And what Jesus is echoing here, and he's, he's echoing Hosea 6, 6, where it says this, um, and, and, and he quotes uh, verse 7, he says, God says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And so what he's looking for is, is, is he's looking for our hearts to be toward him and his mercy. And, and then that mercy is supposed to flow out towards other people. He's not looking for our sacrifice. Sabbathing is not about our sacrifice. It is about receiving a mercy of God so that we can then go and extend mercy. And Jesus sums it up like this. And he summed, and we've talked about this with all of the commandments are this way. But he says this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, these commands, especially this command, because Jesus has singled it out, was made for us to help us to better us, to allow us to flourish. We were not made for it. It was made to help us. All of these commands are made to help us, to help us to live a flourishing, good life. That's what he wants. And so we, when we approach the idea of work and rest, and trust, we need to understand that what he's really wanting us to do is to lean on him, is to rest in him, and is to purposefully state, look, I'm, I'm not going to worry about what I have to do. I'm not going to, to toil today. I'm going to trust in the Lord that as I give this day to him in rest, in, in, in intentionality, in in and communing with him and with, with my family and with the people of God around me, as I, as I give that day to him, I am going to receive so much more because he blessed it. He blessed the Sabbath. And as we adhere to his command of remembering a blessed day, we will receive the blessings that he has for us on the Sabbath. So if, if this is something that you struggle with, like me, you're probably going to have to live in here for a little bit. I have. You're probably going to have to read this a while and, and allow the Holy Spirit to come and, and to rest on you and, and, to, and to show you and lead you into the truth. And, and, and a good prayer would be to say, Holy Spirit, would you help me to see where am I not trusting you? What's causing me to, to fear rest, to fear unplugging? Where, where are those coming from? And those are the roots that we have to pull out. We have to, we have to uproot those things and allow the Lord to come in and, and to completely remove us and to cleanse our heart so that we can, we can be the people of God that we're called to be. Until we learn to rest in Him and trust in Him, We'll, we'll never be able to see the things of God that, that he has for us because we're going to constantly be over here toiling and working and striving when he has set up blessings and goodness over here in resting and trusting. 
And that's where I want to be. I'm not there yet, just quite frankly, but I'm, I want to be there. And so I am, I am spending some intentional time with the Lord to, to, to repent for those places that I don't trust him to provide, to take care of, to learn the ways that, that he actually is the trustworthy God. And I can depend on him and lean on him. And then to practice that intentionally once a week to step away and unplug and allow him to be the God of my life, Jehovah Jireh, the provider, so that I don't take his name in vain. So I'm going to pray as we close out and I'm going to pray for myself and you can pray for yourself this way if you'd like, and then we'll close and, uh, and we'll go on from there for next week. Okay. So father, I do confess that I don't trust you to provide. I don't, I don't trust you to take care of me. I feel like I have to take care of myself. I'm sorry for that. Forgive me for that, for taking your name in vain in that way. Would you help me? Holy Spirit, would you help me to believe the words that you say? Would you help me to trust in you? Would you remind me of all of the times that you have come through in situations that I couldn't pull myself out of? Would you, would you help me to remember those things? And Holy Spirit, would you, would you help me to build a rhythm of rest, a rhythm of Sabbath, so that I can remember it each week, hallow it and sanctify it, focus my attention on you, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And Jesus, I couldn't do this without what you did on the cross. And so I thank you so much for your sacrifice and for your resurrection. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus I pray these things. Amen. So we hope you get some rest this week. I'm going to get some rest. And we look forward to seeing you in our home churches. And we look forward to, to seeing you. Uh, in our worship gatherings that we have uh, once a month. And we're starting uh, a new time of gathering each Sunday morning at the at our building, 522 Russell Street. We're starting that July 4th at 11 o'clock, uh, where we're going to worship the Lord together, and we're going to just seek His face and His presence and see what, what He has for us uh, during that time. So I could see you then, or I'll see you in a home church, uh, or I'll see you right back here uh, online um, next week. God bless. For all upcoming events and more information about the Nashville Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day.